Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So about Michael Jordan, how you gonna hit from outside the finals? You can't even get in. Hello and welcome to the Basketball Addicts Podcast. Today we have a good one. That's one yes, thing we sir. always have. We always have a good one. <laughs> and we're going to answer a question for you. The question that we always answer. How can you hate from outside the finals? You can't even get in. How can you hate from outside the finals? You can't even get in. I'm just kidding. That's not the question today. But first things first, we do want to go ahead and send out a very sincere, heartfelt you know, condolences to the family of Dwayne Haskins. He passed away yesterday. Um, he yeah. was hit by a truck. Once a Buckeye, always a Buckeye. Forever in our hearts, man. Condolences to you and your family. Um, that's really sad to hear about as well, especially after seeing what he was going through. You know what I mean? He was having a little bit of a rough time, but I, I you know, I never uh-huh. met him. Didn't know, know him personally, but I, you know, I like to see the good in everybody. So I want to say that he was a great person. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's just a sad thing. You know, I think things like this remember, make you, uh, in this is a sad road to walk down conversation-wise, it makes you realize that how fleeting life can be sometimes. Yeah. Was, when we see awkward stuff, weird stuff happen like this, Kobe, Dwayne Hags against freak deaths that, you know, it's just so sad. It reminds yeah. you of it. Yeah. Sad reality. It is a sad reality. Um. But, yeah. you know, that means, you know, like here today, gone tomorrow. Um, and, you know, one thing about life, we got to live it. We all got to live it. So, you know, we're just going to celebrate his life, celebrate his legacy, the legacy that are left behind for Ohio State. And we're going to move forward with our podcast with something a little bit lighter. <laughs> <laughs> sorry to and sorry to come at you guys. It's so heartfelt and so sincere right away. But we did have to. That's something that we have to do because, um, yeah. yeah, it's still a legend. A legend is own right. Um, yeah. So yeah, today we're going to talk about the draft, the NBA yes, draft. Sir. <laughs> the NBA draft, you know what that means. If you've listened last year around this time, then you know that this is Jason's podcast. He's our <laughs> resident uh, expertise on all things college basketball. So this is his mm. time to shine, his time to show you guys exactly what he knows. I can't wait to hear what what, what I have yeah. to look forward to in the draft, what I need to look forward to these from these guys, you know, coming mm-hmm. into the NBA, what their impact might be, what their upsides and downsides are. I'm so excited. I'm just as excited as you are. I don't even know what's about to happen right now. So yeah. let's get into this. I think the first one we have <laughs> on our list is um one second, let me pull up my notes. It's Jaden Ivey. So tell me about Justin. Who is, I mean, not Justin, (laughs) Jason. Who is Jaden Ivey? His name is Justin now, by the way. Justin. It's Justin. (laughs) Legal name change, sorry. (laughs) I had to switch it up on you guys real quick. Um, 
So yeah, this is basically this is gonna be a top five ranking at a, every position. So we're going one through five at the point guard position. Uh, and then the number one point guard, yes, is Jaden Ivy. I view him as a point guard. Um, just imagine a six foot four freak of nature. I mean, the fastest, quickest, most twitchiest athlete in the draft, greatest vertical athlete in the draft. He's special. When he gets downhill and he runs that pick and roll, dear goodness, is it a light show. It is ridiculous layups. It's ridiculous finishes in contact. It's ridiculous dunking on people. He puts so much pressure on the rim at such an elite level that it's it's insane. Again, six foot four. And he's very well built as a human being. Honestly, reminds me a lot of Russell Westbrook physically, the way he's built athletically. Um you know, he, he's raw on the passing aspect, kind of like Russell Westbrook, where it, even though he makes a good pass uh, when he's driving to the basket, it's not always, he doesn't have the super duper high end basketball IQ of a guy like Chris Paul, where it's like, I can manage the heck out of a, out of a game. I am so good at ball control, at being a non high turnover player. He's not really that kind of guy yet. Um, but what he does have on top of this freakishness athletic gifts is the ability to hit the D3. He's able to get in that pick and roll and the center doesn't come up all the way. He's going to hit it in their face, right? And he's going to be hitting crazy tough shot creation from 25, 27 feet out. It's volleyball line. It's, it's so special. When you pair somebody like this, because what he's going to be in the NBA is you always have to... You always have to remember what the point guard position is gone through this change at an extremely high level where now it's more about we put the freakiest shot creators that are in the world that are under six foot six at the point guard position. Usually if they can pass enough and he's one of those guys that can pass enough to be the freaky guy because because why all sets are run through the point guard. Basically all set all all set most sets in the NBA start with a pick and roll. And you you want to get the freakiest of the freakiest to run that pick and roll to bring whatever they bring. And this guy is gonna bring, okay, the floor is spaced. What is he gonna do? Have more space for him to be athletic and finish. Have more space to be able to create havoc for the defense where they have to overhelp and he kicks out. Can he fit next to some guy that's a really high, talented point guard and play the two off of him? Yeah, sure. But I view him as a point guard. I view him as a point guard in the NBA right now. Um, so I honestly, this guy is, this is what a top five pick looks like. This is what a guy that can be a superstar in the in the NBA, in the college ranks looks like. This is special. He's he's not a great defender, but I mean, when you have all these gifts, it's it's ridiculous. So that's kind of where uh, Jaden Ivey is for me. He's the number one point guard in this draft class. Mm. So what team do you think will best utilize his, you know, his abilities? Dear goodness, it's Detroit Pistons. Mm. Him, okay. like I just told, yes. Because they are yin and yang. Kay's this slow operator, great basketball mind, really understands how to be ball control, ball possession, get the right people in the right paces. He's a phenomenal passer. He's slow-footed. He's not greatly gifted athletically. Jaden Ivey comes in. He can attack the basket and put so much pressure at the rim. And this way, J Chris Cade Cunningham can really get some of that 
um, the weight off of his shoulders of having to shot create all the time, these two would be so scary next to each other. Seriously. This is this is a one-two of an NBA championship dynasty. Hmm. Ser- like, if they get the right pieces around it, this is, this is like peanut butter and jelly, Chris. This is how perfect this would be. Seriously. Those are some big words. He said of an M- he didn't say of an NBA championship. He said of an NBA dynasty. That's, that's yes. big words. You know, dynasties, Lakers, Celtics, Warriors. Those are dynasties. He said the Pistons can become yes. a dynasty. Now, me as an Ohio yes. fan, now it's time for me to chime in. Detroit, wait. Detroit ain't gonna be nothing. Ain't gonna never be nothing. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Or am I? But I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, Chris, it's it's almost like I don't know. It's so hard to put it in the words. It's almost like I mean, it's it's not like pairing Russ with James because they're two different. It's almost like CP3 with I don't know. Zach Levine, or CP3 and D-Book, where they both have their strengths and weaknesses of what they bring onto a team. When they put together, they're an amazing pairing because CP3 is a great ball control guy. He needs that shot creator, right? And Devin Booker needed somebody to take that load off of him a little bit. There's just some pairings that just work so well basketball-wise, and this is one of them. Mm-hmm. This is, this is uh, you know, him and Jalen Green would be a good pairing. KCP would have to be a rotational guy at that point in time. But when you get two guys like that, you don't pass up on it. I mean, he's going to go one of the first four picks. He's not lasting. But even if it's OKC at four and he's still there, they will take him. That's how special he is. He's Even if they have, oh, Shea Gale, just Alexander, Josh Giddy, he's going to make it work. I mean, that's six foot four, six foot six, six foot eight. Uh, on those three so it it's just one of those guys you can't pass on because even if he's a two card he's like Dwayne Wade-ish where it's like Dwayne Wade was a great passer D-Wade could get to the rim they're the same height it, it's it's his he's a special guy this is special okay legitimately now I do have one other question so in comparison right because we're not completely we mm-hmm. just started the top five here of the top five point guards based on the top five point guards of last year's draft would you uh-huh. you're still taking Jaden one correct? How would or how would he? How would he match he'd be, up? He'd be two <clears throat> behind Cade. He'd be two behind Cade. Yes, Cade was really special. Cade was. Yeah, I mean, Cade was. Yeah, but Jaden Ivy would be right below. I would be like, dear gosh, he's so special, but Cade is just so refined, and we already know what he's going to be, and the floor is too ridiculously high to pass. And you know, he would be. He would be two for sure. One more question. So you don't consider Mellow Ball a point guard? Oh, he wasn't in last year's draft. Class. I mean, not OCS. Yes. But again, go ahead. If it was, if I had to choose between Lamelo Ball and this guy, yeah. I would choose Lamelo. Okay. Lamelo was so special. Yeah, but he's more refined. He's like what a second year in there now by this time. Yeah, yeah. So he's a yeah. little more refined. Yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. Yeah, that's my number one point guard, man. This is. Jayden it's a very Ivy. Yeah. Yeah. Are you ready to transition to number two? What school did you go to again? Purdue. Purdue. He's a boiler maker or boiler maker? Boiler maker. Boiler yes. maker, yeah. Purdue University. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay. That's a fact. So number two. And number two. Go ahead, Jason. I'm listening. All right. Um, so this guy is a mid lottery pick and this is so. This is where we're gonna really. I'm really gonna disagree with a lot of people. Caleb Love, North Carolina. 
you're talking about first things first i need to get this right off the bat i'm watching duke forces in north carolina and i'm a duke loyalist through and through and i'm watching them them play and i'm like dear goodness who is that guard from north carolina that is putting on a show I mean, he looked like definitively the second best player in that game. And Duke has three guys that might go in the lottery course. That's how special it was like. He is number two, and it's not even close. Like, it was ridiculous. And Caleb Love, let's go through the image machine with me. Six foot four. Okay, he has a point guard next to him at UNC who's six foot, good college guard. Um, might be a rotational piece in the NBA or might be a good overseas player. No hate on making a bag overseas. Uh, six foot four. He averages around 3.8 assists a game. So that's an indicator to tell you he passes enough, well enough to be a point guard in the NBA. And where he becomes special is like Jaden Ivey, he's a great deep point, three point shooter. Great shot creator from the perimeter. And he is a good athlete, but not a great one. But what he does do, Chris, is he finishes at an elite level. I mean, some of the toughest layups that I have scouted this year has been his. It's been this crazy body control off of, like, seems ridiculous, the stuff he does to finish at the rim. So that makes me think, okay, so he's going to perimeter shot create for himself. That translates to the NBA. Mm -hmm. He has crazy layup package that's going to be so tough to block translates to the nba and he has a ridiculous floater he has a nice 12 to 14 foot floater so when he gets in that pick and roll chris that center drops too close to the rim he's gonna float it right on him okay you got i just scored four points in a row from the floater he's running the pick and roll the center's got to come closer now now he's gonna get to that ridiculous layup package so he has checks the checks already and what I'm and, and what I'm saying seeing here is you have to be able to see what this guy is in the NBA. And this guy is ridiculously skilled at everything he does. Everything he does is an NBA move. The way he shot creates and creates space is NBA moves. It's hezzies, crossovers, step backs. It's all stuff you've seen on repeat from the high tier point guards in the NBA. And you you start looking at this and I'm like he reminds me so much of somebody It's scary. He reminds me a lot of Darius Garland. If you watch Darius Garland play for the Cavs right now, go turn on your TV. Everything you will see him do is skilled. The way he handles the ball is skilled. The way he shot creates is skilled. The way he finishes at the rim, ridiculous layup package. DG's got a floater. You know, they're around the same height. They were both great shooters in college. Like, and just like Darius Garland, if you have a team that doesn't know that he's a point guard, he can go space off ball. Like, you know, we had to sit him, watch him go through with Colin Sexton. Like, this is a guy that is just an NBA point guard. And there's some teams that have serious needs in the lottery for the point guard position. I'm looking at you, Pelicans and Wizards. Okay. <laughs> it's called drafting a point guard. Try it. You know, they probably won't draft it because they can't draft, but you know, this is my number two point guard. And this is yeah, this is my guy here. Caleb Love is special. Caleb Love. So he's basically saying like any team named um <laughs> Washington should draft him pretty much, right? Yeah, I mean, Washington doesn't have a point guard, nor does Pelicans. Pelicans, you have 
CJ McCollum, Brandon Egram, Trey Murphy, Zion Williamson, and uh, that one center from Texas, and also Nicola and Josef Vucevic. Um, but like seriously, there's some great fits for him in the NBA draft. And a lot of people are low on him, Chris. If you look at Mark Drafts right now, he's going to go in the 20s and the late 30s. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see if Jason is right about this, though. With number two, and this is a guy who's yes. like normally like, normally like, hey, look. We're watching you, he Washington. Fits- <laughs> yeah. We're watching you. Yeah. A lot of people, so he's a sophomore in college. A lot of a lot of the negatives that I see, I want to I wanna address. So... The negatives that I see people talk about is inconsistency. Mm-hmm. Okay, the guy averaged 16.8 points per game. That's not doesn't sound very inconsistent. But if you watch him play, he, for the North Carolina Tar Heels, is the only guy that can t- shot great at all. So what do they do? They make him take all the tough shots. Does he get any easy looks? No. That's like, oh, we just ran our set. It's 35 seconds shot clock in college. We just ran our set for 25 seconds. Now we're just going to go pass it to Caleb Love and just give him space and go work. Nobody does that, right, with a guy who's inefficient, right? Yeah. You don't you don't give some trash bum guy that just gets hot one game. No, no. He, he lost his mind multiple times during the season. There's multiple games where you see outbursts, where you see him producing more than just the Duke game. Mm-hmm. Right, I had to make sure that that was legitimate, and it was. I looked at multiple games of him; it's the same guy. This guy's just special, and you know, sometimes these guys get lost on people's radars and stuff of that nature because they just can't imagine what people fit like in the NBA. They get too yeah. caught up in the college game and who fits in college. See, mm. they he may not, you may not see what you want to see out of him in college but when you look at the nba he's gonna show you exactly what type of player he is pretty much yes what works in the nba chris with spacing either skill or gifted athleticism he's six foot four highly skilled board guard so he's always gonna be tall always gonna be skilled answers all my questions and it definitely does um so one last thing who's gonna be his best nba comparison Darius Garland. Darius Garland? A lot of people say Ja. Yes. I think, right? Or no, is that for somebody else? That's Jaden Ivey. It's Jaden Ivey. Ivey. People say John Ivey. He's that athletic. Yeah. Jaden Ivey is that athletic. Jaden Ivey looks yeah. like time stops. Yeah. Yeah. He looks like time stops in midair. <laughs> yeah. All righty. Yeah. So, three. <clears throat> yes. On to number three. This guy is a late lottery to basically a little bit past lottery draft pick. Um, and the funny thing, a little bit of side note, everybody in the top three is two guards at their college. It's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, number three is a lot of people's have him where I have him. Ty Ty Washington. He's six foot three point guard from Kentucky, even though Kentucky doesn't know he's a point guard for some random reason. Nobody knows. Um, he's really high basketball IQ. He's smooth. He kind of plays at the pace of Shea Gilgis Alexander, but let's not compare him to Shea Gilgis Alexander. But he's a slower pace guy, mm-hmm. even though he could turn it on and hit gears and be athletic at times. He just likes to play at a slower pace. He's very methodical. Um, he thinks the game. He's very intelligent. He's probably got the most developed basketball IQ out of the point guard position. Um, and I would say. From there, he has a really nice, okay, I'm coming off the pick and roll. 
and he hits the elbow jumper. What that means is there's a free throw line and there's two elbows off the free throw line. You get in the pick and roll, the center's dropping. He hits the you know, the the elbow jumper. You see a lot of point guards hit that. It's just because that's a spot that's open on the floor a lot off running off the pick and roll, which he has in his bag already. He's really good passer. He's like shoots like 35, 34% from the three-point line. It's not like he's shot creating back there. It's not like he's a tough shot maker like the two guys in front of him. But he's a good standstill three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's going to be able to come off the pick and roll and just dribble and pick it up and get in a three-point shot out if the center is dropping too far. And he's smooth enough and lanky enough to get to the rim and finish. What he's going to do is also be a really great passer. He's going to be five to six assists probably within the first two years of his career. He is a legitimately good passer. So uh, I really feel like he uh, he's not really one of those guys that's going to put up more than 18 a game, but he's going to be a good, impactful point guard. Um, he's he were, he's like a 90s point guard today, if that makes sense. So Ty mm-hmm. Ty Washington's number three. What about his weaknesses? His weaknesses is he's not a lead shot creator from the mid-range or the three-point line for himself. Mm. That's that's his by far his biggest weaknesses. So then you would say that he has more of a kind of he's more of a Chris Paul than anything with minus the shot creation because of his IQ. Uh, I wouldn't say he's that gifted IQ wise. Okay. Uh, Who's the best I, comparison I then is what I'm getting at. Man, I thought about this the other day and. It's it's a little DeJounte Murray-ish. Where DeJounte mm-hmm. Murray's a good passer, can can hit mid-range shots, is a decent standstill three-point shooter, but yeah. not as athletic. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But he's that kind of guy where he's just efficient at playing the game of basketball. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's the best tie-tie comparison, uh, personally. Okay. He's, he's just a solid guard, yeah. High floor. Four? Yep. Number four is uh, a really interesting prospect from the G League. I think he's from Australia. He can range for me anywhere from the 18th to the 35th pick in the draft. Uh, that's a wide range, but he's an interesting guy. Dyson Daniels, six foot six. That's the most elite part of his game. Size, right? Um, what he does really well is he's not like gifted athletically, but you got to imagine like. More of a bulky point guard. Like, he's really strong. Like, um, I'm trying to think of somebody off the top of my head who's really built like that, but it's kind of like a, like, almost, he's just like a, like Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown's really stocky. He's kind of built like that as a human being. Marcus Smart. Yeah. Marcus Marcus Smart is the right comparison here physically. Mm -hmm. Okay, so he's really strong. Uh, Really unique ability to finish in the lane with floaters awkward layups, very European finishes. Um, He's one of those guys that just has a unique knack for finishing around the rim with creative ways that's going to translate to the next level. Um, He's not a great three-point shooter. That's his negative. But he's a pretty solid, you know, hit the pull-up mid-range shot. And you would probably be thinking, okay, Jason, why is this guy number four? It's because he has the most natural feel for passing the basketball in this draft for the point guard position. There's a lot of um, wow passes where, okay, 
fast break and he baseball passes it 90 feet and it's right in stride. It's like, oh, like overhead, I drove to the basket, kick to the right to the corner. It's like, wow. There's a lot of wow passes in his game where it's really impressive. Um, so th- that's kind of where he's special. And it's where you mesh the ability to attack the rim, his size, and the passing ability. And then you say, okay, we can take the risk here to have somebody say, is he might be able to develop that standstill three-point shot as he gets older. He's only 19. And then he'll become a solid player. He reminds me a ton of Spencer Dinwiddie. Spencer Dinwiddie has a real awkward finishing package around the rim. He is six foot five, Dyson Daniel six foot six. Really good passing ability. Just a really odd game. Like Spencer Dinwiddie has a very odd basketball game. It's very reminiscent of Dyson Daniels. So that's my comparison for this guy. Delhi two point He's from Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely better than Della, De- De- <laughs> Matthew Delavadova. I mate. Um. Okay. She said he's best compared to Spencer Dinwiddie. Okay. About number five. Yes. Number five is an interesting guy. So this guy is highly skilled. He's from uh, Tennessee. Kennedy Chandler. He's anywhere from the twentieth twentieth pick to the thirty fifth pick. Um. The negative is six foot and he's probably actually 5'11". Mm. Um, what he is, is he's not a great vertical athlete, but he's got really good quickness, speed, and quickness burst. Really gifted in that area. Good standstill three-point shooter. Can like, you know, come off the pick and roll and hit, it, hit the three-point shot if the center is too far in the lane. So he's going to keep somebody respected for that. Uh, but he's really quick, really shifty. And he's he's a really good passer once the defense collapses. He makes really good reads after that. And um, he's just not an amazing shot creator from the three or the mid-range. But you can buy into the speed and quickness aspect. And this guy will at least be a high-tier backup point guard. And there's another guy that he reminds me a ton of. It's Patty Mills. Patty Mills has never been a great shot creator from three, but he's a good three-point shooter. Patty Mills has never been like this otherworldly athlete vertically, but he's really fast and quick and can get to the lane and finish and be a real productive, good player on a winning team. So that's who he reminds me a ton of. Um, To be honest with you, a perfect fit, Miami Heat. Mm. Miami Heat could use a backup point guard behind Kyle that's younger. That would be perfect destination for this guy. Okay. Um. So since we just did the top five point guards in the draft, um. So what are mm-hmm. your final thoughts on this on this on this part of the list? Um. I would say that this is a very average point guard draft. It's 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 not like extremely deep, but there's some guys in the second round that have some potential if ends and you know what I mean that type of thing. Uh. But it's just a very average point guard draft. Um, it's definitely below average at the top. Um, but I would. I, this is who my top five is. This is who it is for this year. And yeah, that's that, that's my overall takeaway. Is, is there's a lot of solid guys here. Okay. <clears throat> so moving on to the shooting guards, who do we have number one? Yes, the most weirdest position in the draft is the shooting guard position. Number one is Benedict Matherin. He's anywhere from the fifth to seventh pick. 
I mean, this guy has a few things that are elite. Six foot seven, great length for the two card position. Even if he's six foot six, still great length. Um, what he is is he's a great athlete, like really good athletically. Like he can dunk on some people. It's going to translate to the next level. And it's going to be like, oh, I get past my defender, and it is he's a threat at the rim. Uh, very good passer. Very good at reading the pick and roll and making the right pass. I saw him make a lot of lob, um, lob passes. Um, a lot of really, he's really good mentally at making reads. So you can run pick and rolls with this guy at the next level. He does it at Arizona as well. Um, and he's a really good three point shooter. Really, really high tier, thirty eight percent three point shooter. Now he's not an amazing shot creator for himself, but or from the mid-range or the three-point line, but where his dynamic is, is I'm good at shooting the three-point line. You have to guard me close. Now I have my speed and athletic gifts, and I'm just going to get by you and dunk on you. It's a very nice dynamic that he's going to have in the NBA, and he's another one of those guys that reminds me a ton of somebody else, Andrew Wiggins, hmm. what he is currently in the NBA for the Warriors. Andrew Wiggins is a high-level three-point shooter, and when the defense is close, he's going to drive by and put pressure at the rim. That's what he reminds me a ton of because he just doesn't have a ton of shot creation other than that, uh, but he's a good passer as well. I really view him as a 15 to 18 points per game score in the next level. 15 to 18 points per game score. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so you said you compare him to Andrew Wiggins, not T-Wolves Andrew Wiggins when he didn't have heart. No. But Golden State Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, took his soul. <laughs> took his soul. Jimmy Butler. Uh, um, <laughs> right, so speak to me. Who we got for number two? Number two is a guy that's moved up and down the board a little bit here. Either one or two. He's been rotating. It's Johnny Davis from Wisconsin. Six mm-hmm. foot five, um, sophomore. If he's six foot four, it's going to scare me a lot. Um, this is one of those weird, deceptively athletic athletes where he moves so smoothly, you don't realize how athletic, athletic he is. So he's a very good athlete. Um, he's uh, not a great standstill three-point shooter. I think it's 31 32%. Um, it's okay, but it's nothing amazing. But where he's special is the mid-range. I mean, this guy is a technician. It is it is high NBA level and hit post fade. I'm gonna hit a fadeaway. I'm gonna get the my I'm gonna look at your feet and read your feet and make really good high level step back sidesteps based off of what you are defensively and the way I'm reading you. It is some D book here in the mid mid range, uh potentially, and that's where things become interesting. Um, because he he shoots 80% from the three-through line as well. So that was a good indicator that he's going to be able to um, shoot from the three-point line really well in the future, and he has a good jump shot. It, everything was contested for him at Wisconsin. You have to be able to look at a guy like this and be like, there was nobody else that could shot create at Wisconsin. Everybody and their mama knew that this guy was going to try to score on them, and they had to throw everything at him. That's yeah. basically what it was, Chris. And um, so some people look at the stats going down throughout the season. That's just people being like, we have to double team him all game. Like, it's just, he's one of those guys that's very, get, he's, elite skills get you paid in the NBA. And he has an elite skill, and that's the mid-range. There is, ooh, I can't say no. He's a top three best mid-range shot creator in the draft. I just realized there's two freaky power forwards in this draft that are above him. But yeah. it's special. 
Is that it's a 15 to 18 points per game guy. Not much defensively, not much of a passer, but he's going to be able to get you buckets. If you need consistent 15 to 18 points per game, he's going to give it to you in the NBA. That's Johnny Davis. Hmm. So who will his comparison be? Like, I'm not sure if you said it or not. A little bit of a poor man's D-book. Oh. Like 90. Yeah. Yeah. What percentage? 95. 95. Wow. That's not bad. Yeah. That's not bad. He's going to be a consistent bucket, Chris. For real. Yeah. All right. Number three. Numero tres. Uh, all right. This guy is anywhere from 8 to 12 for me. This is the controversial guy on one of my m- many. I have a long list because uh, I just disagree with everything everybody says ever. Chase is all about controversy. A- <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact. AJ Griffin is going from 5 to 7 in NBA drafts, which is insane to me. Um, he's six foot six shooting guard from Duke. Uh, this guy is... One, the greatest statistic I've ever seen scouting within the last two years is 45% for the three-point line. That's what he shot this year. Okay, that's that's special. Yes. Let's just get that out of the way. Probably the greatest standstill shooter I've ever seen coming out of the draft ever in the past two years. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I'm not going to say ever behind the last two years because I wasn't scouting back then. But this this is special. And what it is, is after that, he's just such a borderline NBA athlete. It scares the poo out of me, Chris. First things first, some people compared to Jimmy Butler, which I think is the most hilarious thing ever. It's just because he's physically built like Jimmy Butler. He's a strong guy. Yeah. But he has no mid-range game. And Jimmy Butler shoots like 20-something odd percent for the three-point line. Like, where are we going with these comparisons? It's called watching a game of basketball. I don't know how hard it is. Um, But this guy is... He's really he's he's skilled enough to attack closeouts. Um, he's not going to be able to guard many people in an elite level of the defensive end. But it is like there is a five percent chance that he's Clay Thompson offensively because it. The, I do see some some stretches where it's one two three dribbles. I get my shot off. One two three dribbles. I get my shot off, and it's NBA moves. It's very very little flashes, but it's there. And there's some like dribble to the basket, turn around, fade away. There is some, there's a little bit of clay there, but clay had a, has a system, right? That clay is not an amazing athlete, but he's athletic enough to be clay Thompson. And I just don't know how athletic AJ green is. And they don't really have run him off a ton of off ball screens. So I don't really even know how great he is at that. Um, honestly, there's like a 5% chance that he's a Clay Thompson, but there's also a 25% chance he's Steve Novak. So it's just, <laughs> it's it's really close. He's really close, Chris. It's it's a tough guy to evaluate because he, he could disappear in games, legitimately. He averages like 10 a game. He You watch him play and there's point stretches where you're like, this guy has having no impact on the game. And when he gets the ball, it's like, mm, it's just sometimes, sometimes the flashes are there. But the very least, you draft him, everything goes terribly. You have a rotational three-point shooter for the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's that's his that's his floor. But, you know, the Clay Thompson-ish, I'm saying offensively, because dear goodness, this guy can't guard to save his life. Um, <laughs> okay. 
Clay Thompson is one of the most best defenders I've ever seen in my life, and AJ Griffin is just not that guy. Um, so he's James Harden defensively. So, yes. <laughs> hey, you might uh, agree with me. Okay. Yeah, so he's strong though, which is going to make it easier for him to shot great. Is there's some there's some things to believe in for this guy, but dear God, five to seven, f- fifth pick in the draft, you should be getting an elite guy, not a borderline. This twenty five percent chance he's your rotational shooter. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's AJ Griffin at number three for the two guard position. Who a lot of people have a small forward, and I disagree because I don't believe in a six foot six small forward that isn't athletic. Like, dear God, Chris, how many great athletes are at the small forward position? Too many in the name. He's going to get toasted and put on some House of Highlight clips trying to guard Paul George. Yeah. I can only imagine. Ankles will be a broken a plenty if you ask him <laughs> to guard three guards. Okay. Go let him guard two guards where he'll be taller than most of them and hide a little bit more. I mean, dear goodness. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> Number four, Jay. Speak to me. Oh, well, this is like one inch shorter, the same exact player, Ochai Bajai. He shoots 40-ish percent from the three-point line. Um, Kansas, two-guard, the best player in Kansas. Um, senior, he he moves really well off ball. He's well-taught. He was well-schooled. He's athletic and skilled enough to attack closeouts. He's going to be a real solid 12 to 14 points per game. He's not going to do much else. Nothing, nothing else. Very reminiscent of like Wesley Matthews. Mm. Wesley Matthews, Danny Green, that kind of guy. Yeah, that's that's who I have it for. There's nothing amazing here, but he can be a nice rotational guy. I have him anywhere from 15 to 18. Another guy that I've seen in the top 10 that makes me want to just stab my eyes out. Like, why are we drafting rotational role players in the top 10? But it's my own gripe. <laughs> so would you say that this draft is just so weak? Like weaker than last year's draft. It's a very weird draft where you can find role players anywhere from the twentieth pick to the fiftieth pick. Like I had a guy in last year's class that decommitted, not decommitted, entered the draft and then pulled out of the draft after going through a combine stuff. Mm-hmm. Terrence Shannon. He was around twenty nine or thirty for me. I did him in this year's ranking. He's forty eight. Like that's how deep. The the there's a lot there's gonna be six guys from no I'm gonna say eight guys from the second round that last six years in the NBA it's a weird year where there's this like three point shooter three point shooter three point shooter six foot five six foot six three point shooter three point shooter three point shooter seven footer block 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 I block shots I block shots I block shots it's one of those weird drafts where those two positions just have role players for days yeah yeah okay <clears throat> all right. And last, but certainly not least, number five. This is going to be the more exciting guy to talk about between the last few because his upside's legitimate. Bryce McGowns, six foot seven. A lot of people have in the second round, which is kind of understandable, but I highly doubt he's not. Gonna, he's going to be in the second round. I have him from sixteen to twenty. Um, again, six foot seven. And let's start it off with the best thing: athlete. This guy is lanky. This guy can finish around the rim with skill, and he's athletic, fast, quick, all of it, right? And then he's a really good dribble. He's really good with the ball in his hands. He's a good tough shot maker from three levels, three-level score. Um, And he shoots 25% for the three-point line. That's the negative. But when he gets hot, 
he's shooting it from the volleyball line. He's shooting from 27 feet out. So it's like kind of like false confidence, but I don't mind it because what I want to see from people when I'm scouting is you may not have everything perfected right now, but what is your skill level and what does it translate to the NBA? And the guy that can be a deep perimeter shot creator and be ridiculously athletic is special. And he shoots 83% from the free throw line. So that's another indicator where it's like he shoots well from the free throw line. There's a good chance he's going to balance it out at the three-point line at the next level. He's a really good passer. They ran the offense through him religiously in Nebraska. So he got a lot of experience running the pick and roll, being the initiator of the offense, which I love. His upside is 97% of Zach Levine. That's where his upside lies, is that six foot seven, not quite as athletic as Zach Levine, but just below that, not quite as good of a three-point shooter as Zach Levine, but he has the potential to be that kind of guy where he does hit, when he hits three-point shots, it's shot creation, step back, set sidesteps, I'm crossing you over, I'm reading the defender, and I'm getting my open look. It's not like he's just standing over there in the corner and shooting 25%. I would view that completely differently. But it's all tough shots all day from Bryce McGowan's. Hmm. And that's his upside. He is, he is, you know, you gotta, you gotta be patient. It's gonna be three, four years down the road, but the upside is there. The upside is 22, 24 points per game. And the downside is a rotational two guard in the NBA. But 16 to 20, that's where you, you pull the trigger on a guy like this. And that's my fifth guy. Best, <clears throat> best NBA team for him. <sighs> Good question. Good question. Christopher Muhammad coming with all the NBA reporter questions for me all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, man, that's a good one. I would say... Hmm, teams, teams, teams. I have teams rattling through my head right now. He's a Zach Levine type, right? Mm-hmm. Personal opinion, I feel Zach Levine can play anywhere. Yeah, that's a fact. So, I mean, I think that might be the best answer. He's just one of those players that can get that can get picked up and make an impact anywhere as long as they're willing to be patient with him. Yes, patience is going to be the key. It's, it's one of those guys you're going to take your time with and let that shot develop. When it does develop, he's going to be special. But we all know that the NBA is not patient. That's true, but when you're gifted like this, they will be. NBA media is also not patient. And NBA, oh yeah, yeah. And NBA That's fans are not patient. So what? I thing, think. Go ahead. I think the Spurs have two first round draft picks, and I think the second pick this guy would be wouldn't be bad. I, they would wait for him, but I say fans probably would too because they trust Pop. Mm-hmm. But I mean, mm-hmm. if anywhere else, like NBA fans, NBA media is not patient. They'll call him a bust really quick, and be like, it, it, they'll be trying to get him out of there. Yeah. <clears throat> Just right, I think, uh, go ahead. Yeah, right there at that three to four year mark, they'll try to get him out of there. Then he'll turn into James Harden in Houston. As <laughs> <laughs> soon as he got traded. That's a fact. <laughs> yeah, that's a fact. Uh, there's two players that I want to talk about because they weren't in my top five. Well, first things first, it's Jaden Hardy. Um, Jaden Hardy's, I think, sixth two guard or seventh two guard. He's basically coming into the draft this year was the number top five pick. Um, six five, six four guy from the G League. Um, 
shoots 25, 26% from the three-point line, something really bad like that. Six foot four. The reason why I'm not willing to put him in the lottery like some people are is to start off, he's skilled, but he's not a great athlete. He's very, very much a, a decent, sorry, a decent athlete in the NBA. And he's already short for the two-guard position. And he is skilled, yes, at shot creating for himself. And he does take a lot of tough shots, but it's just not very efficient at all. Um, and the numbers, I think he shoots like 70% from the th- free throw line and high 20s from the three-point line. It's just too far away from me. from Because when you project him to the NBA, he's not going to be an elite athlete. So what is he going to do in the NBA? He's going to be a shot creator. But if he can't, if like I'm doubting that shot creation ability, that's why he's not top five for me. Um, but another guy is another extremely controversial guy, Shaden Sharp. We talked about him in the last podcast, and a lot of people are putting him in the top ten. Another guy, six foot six. He didn't play at Kentucky. He sat out the year. It's that guy. Um, he's you know uh, an interesting thing about guard. Um, scouting people that you only have high school tape on is you have to remember for me mentally i always like to remember grayson allen did a between the leg dunks at the mcdonald's all all american slam dunk competition have you seen grayson allen lately chris yeah when you watch grayson allen play does he look like an elite athlete for the nba no okay that should tell you how ridiculous these guys are. When he doesn't look like Shaden Sharp does not look like a ridiculous athlete in the in the high school, it's hard to really pin down to what he is athletically. So I have that scale of I don't really know what you are athletically. And he has a perimeter shot creator, and he does have Bradley Bill like skill at six foot six, but his stats is also terrible where he shoots 18% from the three-point line in high school. Um, and that should scare the poo out of people. And so, I mean, because of those reasons, he's a high boomer bust guy. A team that I could see him going to is the Atlanta Hawks. They have the 14th pick or the 18th, somewhere in that range, where they just need a guy that has high upside that could be something. He he's that they did that last year with Jalen Johnson from Duke. They they can they can take those risks on the boomer bust guys. But I'm not putting him in the top five for me. Mm. Yeah. This is this is also the role player shooting guard draft. There's ten of them. There's like so many of them. Chris is insane. It's 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 the deepest to uh, role player shooting guard draft probably in a long time. Did your homework? What about number seven? You said you had two guys. <laughs> uh, those that was six and seven. Oh, six six and was Shaden Sharp. Se- seven was Jaden Hardy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All righty. Now moving on to the three guard position. How you feeling, Jay? Yes, sir. This is the worst position in the draft by oh, far. Shit. It's historically bad. Damn. <laughs> um so the number one guy is He just <laughs> said <"Yo>, toilet water. <laughs> Garbage truck juice. <laughs> there is no top seven pick that's worthy in the draft for the small forward position. You're that's in okay. <laughs> and after like the fourth guy, everybody's second rounders for me. <laughs> he said, "Y'all floaties in the bottom of the cup." <laughs> crazy, crazy. At the spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, it is disrespectful, Chris. 
Well, the uh, the number one guy is LSU sophomore Tari Eason. He can go anywhere from eight to twelve for me. Um, what he is is six foot eight, great length, great height. I mean, we lo- six foot eight is the perfect small forward height. He shoots thirty six percent from the three point line. Really good at defense, and there's a lot of shot creation here. There's a lot of ability to shot create at the perimeter, get his spots in the mid range, finish around the rim. Um, he's, he's, he's going to be a really good scorer in the NBA. Um, it's just, there isn't enough consistent, um, uh, flashes of it to be like, oh my gosh, he's a top five pick, but there's flashes. Um, so that's where his upside lies. But at the very least, you're going to get a guy who is skilled and be, can be a number three on a good team. Um, so that's where he lies, and that's where he is. He's the number one small forward in this year's draft. Um, the only negative is, for some reason, he was the sixth man for LSU, which is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Uh, hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Um, he's averaged like 16, so I don't know what LSU's coaches were doing. But yeah. this is a number one small forward. Hmm. And what we, yeah. <clears throat> I'm not sure if you said it or not, but what were the weaknesses again? Um, not very consistent, even though he shows flashes of scoring from every level. And best in and league. Okay. not go ahead. No, no, what you go say? ahead. No. You were explaining still. And sorry. Not a, not a great athlete. A good athlete, but not a great athlete. Okay. Not a great. Hmm. And the yeah. best NBA comparison. A little bit less athletic, Paul George. A little bit less athletic, Paul George. Let's say 93, 92% of PG. Okay. He's going to be a solid guy. Yeah. Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes, right? Up, that, that's that's a guy he's very comparable to now that I think about it. Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes is average. Yeah. Harrison Barnes is a decent small forward in the NBA. No hate. Yeah. No. Ooh, I just had an idea. What? So... If any of you small forwards who are mentioned during this section of the podcast, <laughs> if uh, you feel disrespected and you want to, you know, come on and defend yourself, <laughs> let us know. <laughs> he called you out, not me. Yeah. I didn't say anything. I'm just listening, just like you are. 
<laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> oh my gosh. Just saying. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, number two, Jay. Number two guy is Kendall Brown. He's anywhere from the 14th to the 18th pick level guy for me. Six foot eight freshman. Just a ridiculous athlete. I mean, wow. It is speed, quickness, athleticism. It's all meshed into one player. This guy kind of gifted like Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes was one of those guys like, dear goodness, Matt Barnes is athletic. And he's also like Matt Barnes because he has no skill other than standstill three-point shots. It's, just, it's like a barren island of skilled set that's just not there. Yeah. Can he defend at a high level? Yes. So what is it going to be? A 3 and D wing. He's going to be an elite 3 and D wing because he's going to be, all right, I catch the ball. I'm open to the three-point line. Somebody's closing out on me. They're closing too fast. I'm going to dribble past them, and I'm going to use this ridiculous athleticism. I'm going to yam on everybody. And another reason why you take a shot on him is if he develops anything, anything from perimeter shot creation to being able to go into the mid-range, face somebody up, and be like, I'm going to hit this tough shot and hit a fadeaway. He has the athletic gifts and skill sets to be special if he develops any skill whatsoever. You know, but he has none right now. Other than standstill <laughs> three point shooting and hitting layups at the rim and dunking at the rim, so it's just what it is here. He's just a this is just an NBA guy. You know what I mean? He's just gifted athletically, very reminiscent of Matt Barnes type of guy. Um, yeah, Kendall Brown, solid, just solid guy. <laughs> but if he learns anything, that he's like the best player on the floor. <laughs> he he could be. Yeah, it's just one of those guys. He's gifted. Uh, mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Well, Kendall Brown. Number three. Number three is like the complete opposite. Whereas six foot eight, uh, his best ability is passing. Really good passer. Really good at just he he tears up defense passing the ball. Very average athletically, like scary average. Right. So there's like that negates from the ability, but he's six foot eight and you kind of know you, you ever watch somebody and you're like, that guy knows he's not athletic. And I could tell by the way he plays. Mm. He does that where he'll get to the rim and he'll pump, he'll pump and then he'll finish. Yeah. <laughs> like he's one of those guys that knows that he's not that athletic, but he's six foot eight, six foot seven. So he's always going to be tall. Um, is is a pretty good pick and roll operator, which is surprising, right? It's a pick and roll guy with not much athleticism. That's just how skilled he is. Um, really can get to his spots in the mid range and score. Um, pe- teams are gonna love the fact that he's well rounded and he's gonna be a productive guy on winning basketball teams. Where like he might not be your best scorer, he might not even be the third best player on your team. He might be a good fourth player on your team that just does his role at a high level. We have everybody else figured out. This guy is going to make really good passes. He's going to keep the defenses honest. He's going to do his role. And is going to score a little bit every once in a while. And that's what this guy is. Teams are going to like that about him. I have him anywhere from the 20th pick to the 35th pick. Um, if this guy was athletic, this is what kind of what Scotty Barnes would look like. Just imagine a lot more un- unathletic Scotty Barnes, and you'll get to where I'm getting at with the passing ability. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... This is one of those guys. Harrison Ingram, Stanford, freshman. Okay. What about four? Number four is Caleb Houston, six foot eight, Michigan. Uh wouldn't be surprised at six foot nine. Twenty to thirty fifth pick, freshman. Really great size, really good three point shooter. 
a really beautiful jump shot at the three point line. The weird thing is he doesn't do really do much anything else. He 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 can he can attack a closeout every once in a while with some athleticism and some skill, but he does nothing else, Chris. And it is a guy that's like going to be twenty. He's earned being the twentieth to the thirty fifth pick. Honestly, my advice: go back to college and develop some more skill because it's you know it's it's he's living on the edge of being one of those guys that's three years and out. But the the upside is he's already a good three point shooter. He has great size. He's a pretty decent uh, athlete. He does flash some things like a euro step finishing around the lane, but it's just so rare. And it's not like he's like, okay, I broke down my defender with elite shot creation, and I get to the lane and I euro step. No, it's more like, oh my guy just closed out way too fast. I'm gonna get to the lane, and then I have a euro step when I have all this space to make a decision. That's where it is. That's where his ability is. This is a role player, and um, he has he has a beautiful stroke though. He can, he's really sh- he's got a good strap on him. So this is what this guy is, Caleb. You see. Okay, and last but not least, number five. Dear goodness, the fact that this guy is the fifth guy on a ranking is the, by far the worst fifth guy I've ever seen on a ranking. Oh my gosh, twentieth to fiftieth pick in the draft, <laughs> Patrick Baldwin, six, six foot nine. He's an enigma, Chris. Um, he was the top five, top 10 pick preseason. He played at freaking like some D one low, low, like below Ohio, below the Mac D one. Like it's like borderline D one, D one competition. Uh, he has, and let's get to the positives first. Amazing shot creator, like NBA moves all around the floor it's he's smooth really well built it's everything you want to love on a highlight tape until you realize that he shoots 25 percent from the three-point line and 34 percent from the field against competition that is basically d2 that's ridiculous <laughs> he is the biggest big boom or bust player i've ever scouted in my whole entire life it's like basically you remember zyre williams last year where i was like man this guy has a lot of nba moves it's like but he wasn't shooting amazing but he was shooting well enough to me to buy in mm-hmm. the zyre williams for the memphis it's like he's like two tiers below that where he has the same moves as zyre williams and the same intrigue as zyre williams but he's way less efficient like people are like man zyre williams is that efficient it's like he is two rugs below like just not efficient and zyre williams was playing for stanford and this guy is playing against your local ymca it's <laughs> called d1 version of the ymca like the lowest 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 of the lowest um like the teams that probably came out of his conference with a 16 season March Madness tournament, uh, like that low. Oh, Milwaukee. He went to college of Milwaukee, N- not the Milwaukee Bucks. No, he played for Milwaukee University. Chris, <laughs> what? He was a five star prospect that went to Milwaukee because his dad coached there. I'm not kidding. So this is. I think he should go back to college unless this is one of those guys that you have to get into your front office and be like, okay, look, we like you, but you have to let me know. Were you injured all last season? Then you might take this with a grain of salt because he does have all NBA moves. 
sense, right? He does fit the profile of an NBA score on tape of the moves. It's just like you can't buy into the efficiency at all. This is a guy that's not, he's not two years away. He's not three years away. He might be a decade away. Like, it's just like he needs a lot of time in the gym if there was some serious injuries, which I don't know, right? This is one of those guys that I can't get... Just like Shade and Sharp, I can't get him in my front office. I can't see him against other NBA talent. I can't get a read on who this guy is as a person and how injured he was. So, you know, it's it's boomer bust for real. It's it's the worst stats that I've ever seen with a guy with legitimate NBA moves. It's basically you better have hurt your knee. <laughs> this That's lodged a patella or something like that for us to <laughs> even take you right now. What? That's a fact. That's crazy. That's a fact. Yes, that's crazy. Yeah, that's how bad the small forward position is. Like the next guy below that was like uh, a literally a guy from North Carolina, six foot eight. All he does is defend and shoot threes. Literally, all he does is that. But he's not like an elite athlete. Tar Tariq Black, who was ranked like number forty six on my big board. So that just tells you how bad this this small forward position is this year. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. All right, so we go from one position that is absolutely terrible to by far the best top five out of any positions as a power forward position. It's like all the normal great talents at the small forward position are just power forwards this year. It's like, I don't even, it's like it's like power forward paradise this year. It's insane. So mm-hmm. let's just kick it off with, man, oh my gosh, my mayor crush. I love this guy so much. Jabari Smith Jr. I mean, dear goodness, I don't care who has the number one pick. If you do not walk away with Jabari Smith Jr., you don't know basketball. I'm <laughs> done. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, this is going to be so much fun. I'm just going to enjoy this. This is, this is, I really, this is the best part about drafting was when you fall in love with a guy and this just so happens to be the number one guy on the board. Jabari Smith Jr., six foot ten. I literally titled it dripping with talent. And that's what he is, right? Let's start it off. Very good athlete. Very just like this man could damn on your best friend. All of them. I don't care. He's dunking on everybody. Is he, a, is he the next coming of LeBron James or Giannis Antetokounmpo athletically? No, no, no. I, but I don't need him to be when he's this freaking skilled. Okay. First things first. Uh, I want to disband a notion. There's a notion out here that Paulo Bencaro is this amazing mid-range scorer. Jabari Smith has none of that. I don't know what they were watching, but all I watched was fadeaways in the mid-range, posting up and hitting tough shots. All I watched was, oh, I'm going to face you up and I'm going to hit this Jason Tatum step back that nobody can guard in the mid-range. Like, it is, this guy's got footwork at a high level. This guy knows how to control his body. He knows how to line up his form. He knows how to get into the lane and hit this turnaround. He knows how to get this lane and be like, "Ah, you're too small for me. I'm just going to pull up and I'm going to do this KD uh, thing he did to Evan Fournier where you're just too small. Like (laughs) this guy, six foot ten, six foot ten, and he has guard skill. Like, this is ridiculous. He's shot creating for himself at the three-point line. I mean, dear God. He's running pick and rolls sometimes. I mean, dear God. Like, who? Six foot ten running pick and rolls. The crazy thing is there's some guys that actually do that in this draft other than him. But it's like shot creation from the three-point line. I'm going to hit this tough shot in your eye. This man does 
everything everything you want to see chris like i just don't like he's a great perimeter defender he's a top three defender in this draft top three defender in the draft like oh my goodness like he cards one through five unless five is joel Embiid, nikola Jokic. like it is like you can hide him on clint capella not like rudy gobert they have no skill you can hide him on them he's six foot ten he's built very well and it's it's like Richard Lewis, but more athleticism. And you know what? I I really thought long and hard about the best comparison, and it's Paul George. It is Paul George is a little more athletic, but this guy's taller, right? And so that they're going to meet in the middle where Paul George is a little more athletic, but he's athletic enough where they're just going to be able to dunk at the same height, even though he's going to be taller, but Paul George can jump a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. But it's where the perimeter shot creation. It's about the, I'm going to run the pick and roll. I'm going to get this shot off. Like he runs off ball screens. I saw him run an off ball screen. He's six foot 10. He was coming off ball. <laughs> Who does that? Like this guy is ridiculously skilled. He does so many things that translate to the NBA. Like I can't even have a list. Like it's longer than freaking the Bible. Like that's how long his list of NBA translatable skills are. And he's six foot ten and smooth and athletic. Like if this guy doesn't become a good NBA player, I will give up on draft ranking forever. Like it's just this is star. This is perennial all star. This is what a great power forward, small forward, whatever you want to call him talent looks like this is a jason tatum type guy this is a paul george type guy this is a Kawhi leonard type guy where it's we run the offense through them they average 25 they make these ridiculous shots because nobody can guard their shots because they're so tall right he's one inch away from kevin durant yeah shooting the lights out of the ball like it's 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 Brandon Ingram. Like he's just one of those guys that's just gonna be an elite bucket at the NBA, but he's not thin framed. He's really strong and well built. He's kind of built like Josh Smith. Do you remember Josh Smith from the Atlanta Hawks where he's yeah. like strong and athletic? Like he's kind of built like that. Like what what is there not the like? Like that I heard people talk about he's not gonna post well. Like, do you know what the NBA does? I don't care if he can't post. Like, I don't want him to post. Like, who wants him to post? And like, yeah, he's six foot ten, so he's gonna be able to run if you want to be like innovative and run him as the role man and skies set screens, he's gonna be able to hit threes and be tough. Like he's gonna there's just so many ways he can be used, Chris. It's insane. It that reminds me a lot of Paul George. Paul George on the Clippers, they run him off all ball screens. A lot. Like, he's just so highly skilled. It's just one of those guys, man. I loved watching him to play. Number one guy. Number one guy at this position. Number one guy in the draft. Jabari Smith Jr. Auburn, 6'10". Dear goodness. And any team could take him. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I if, if it's the Pelicans, I don't care. Draft him. I don't care if you have Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson. You're just going to revolutionize the NBA. I don't care. Whoever has the number one pick, draft him. I, I don't care. Yeah. At this point, it's right? one of those guys. Yes. It's, it, it's just one of those guys, Chris. All right. Two. All right. Number two is number two uh, power forward. And this guy's another number one pick level guy, Paulo Bancaro. He's six foot ten and he's a bull, Chris. It's sometimes where he just whenever he decides to physically 
because he likes to play physically. Whenever he decides to play with his size, I mean, he's like 6'10", 250. Like, he's, he's legitimately a bull, Chris. Whenever he decides to dribble and finish at the lane and finish with size, he's tough. And you may be thinking 6'10", power forward. The theme of this class is bye-bye old power forward. None of these guys have old, old power forward skill. It's all ball handlers, guys with two and three skills in the NBA. And this is one of those guys. He's great in the mid-range. I mean, he has got great footwork. He knows how to get to his angles. He's a tough shot maker in the NBA at the mid-range day one. Can he post and have some skill? Yeah, sure. Is he good at that? Yeah, 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 sure. Not going to draft him for it, but he shoots pretty well from the three-point line. I think it's like 30, low 30s. Uh, but it's his shot creates from there sometimes too, and he also is a good passer. He makes really good passes, reads the defense really well. It's just the scary thing is, is when he's in transition, it's scary because he's so big and strong and smooth, Chris, where it's just like you move out of the way. He is a power player. It is a guy that just loves to dominate you. And he's six foot ten. He's gonna do it the next level. He's good handle, good ability to get to a shot. And this is another all-star. This is another perennial all-star. This is this is a really gifted guy. Um he's the number two guy, and there's no it's just because Jabari Smith is above him doesn't mean I have to put Paulo Bancara down and hate on him to really, you know move put point make my Jabari Smith Jr. point. They're both special. But Paulo is really strong, really unique guy. It's hard to find a comp. Oh I love that point. You know where you said that you don't have to put one down to raise the other up. Because it happens yeah. so much in the NBA. And you know, mm-hmm. we just need to we have to start looking at these guys as individuals and not, you know, competing them against each other. They'll do that themselves physically and mentally on yeah. the court. We don't have to do that, you yeah. know, figuratively. Um, <clears throat> so where would he fall at? You know, what what position? I mean, not in what position, but where would he fall? He would be in the lottery? Top three pick. Top three pick. So you think, like, maybe top five picks will be all power forwards? Um, two of them, at least, will, of the top four will be power forwards. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Where are we at? Three, right? Yes. And this is another special guy, really unique guy. Uh, I'm a little higher than everybody else, but I also still think nobody knows basketball, so we can just agree to disagree here. Six foot ten. It's just like six foot ten paradise this year, Chris, at the power forward position. Six foot ten, Nikola Jovic. I have him anywhere from five to ten. So he's special. Um, He's really mobile for his size. Um, he's not really what are you expecting him to be when you turn on the tape of a six foot ten power forward. You're expecting post footwork and really skilled in there and just slow feet and concrete concrete feet and a good three point shooter. Didn't see that at all. Um, he is top three passer in the draft. That's really rare from the six ten position. He runs a lot of pick and roll as the person that's the ball handler. It's a lot of flashes of tough shot creation from the three-point line, which is scare the poo out of people who have him anywhere from 15 to 25 in mock drafts. Like, do you even watch basketball? Um, he shoots really well from the three-point line, 34%, 35% overseas uh, where he's playing, I think, in Serbia. 
Uh, and he is a really good free throw shooter as well. And he has this nice little mid range. I'm going to turn around and I'm going to dribble the ball and hit this fade away in your face uh, ability. And he's also the kind of guy and that is really, really good at just ball handling and making really good decisions. And the reason the person he reminds me a ton of is Hito Turkoglu, where the negative on him is he's not very gifted athletically, but he's athletic enough and smooth enough to be effective in the NBA like Hito. Where if you watch Hito Turkoglu film, he looks slow. But it's like, well, he's six foot ten, he's so skilled. So what are you gonna do even if he's slow? Mm-hmm. Um, and Hito Turkoglu at his peak was nineteen points per game, five rebounds, five assists. Efficient player, really impactful on winning basketball. And that's what he do, what uh, Nikola Jovic is. He's the kind of guy that will be a real. Now, if he is more athletic than I think, this is a perennial All Star as well. That that's the scary part here. But I personally, one team that screams out to me is the Portland Trailblazers. They have mm. like the sixth or seventh pick in the draft. They could use a guy that's a good passer. Can shot create. They need a power forward position. Very you know positionless. It's just it, it, he's he's going to be a good player on a winning basketball team, and he's my third guy, Nikola Jovic for sure. <clears throat> Any relation to Nikola Jokic? <laughs> Surprisingly, no. no. Yeah. Okay. Maybe same country, I think though. So it's really odd. Yeah. Maybe they all have the yeah. same name like that, like Jokic, Jovic. Yeah. Cool. All right. Number four. Numero quattro. Number. See, numero quattro is. Oh, yeah, yeah. This guy had. People have him uh, anywhere from five to seven in mock drafts, and I just can't stop. And I have him from anywhere 12 to 15. All right, Chris. A little bit of a quiz here. How many six foot eight, six foot eight post players are in the NBA? Six foot eight post players? Yes. Nothing and not that I know of. I don't are there any? I don't think there are, right? <laughs> That's a point. <laughs> Unless you are Blake Griffin or Zion <laughs> Williamson, where you're jumping over Kia's, that skill's not gonna translate to the NBA. And he's not that one of those guys. All right. Yeah. For some reason, usually the NBA draft media looks at these guys and like they don't translate to the NBA. For some reason, this guy slipped through the cracks. Um, yes, Chris. I just want to go off and say, before you continue, Blake Griffin did not jump over a key. He jumped over the front of the car, and he stood up. <laughs> so I don't care. He shouldn't have won that one. That was basic. Um, he didn't even jump over yes. completely. But they go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, he's six foot eight. He obviously has good post skill, like we talked about, post player. Um, but he does do well. Shoots 39% from the three-point line. Can really be a good... He's going to be a good fit in the NBA as a guy who sets screens. Okay, I'm either going to space out and hit this three, or I have enough skill inside to expose somebody who's in a tough position. You know what I mean? 
a real solid 12 to 15 points per game guy. He's not a really gifted athlete, but what he's going to be able to do is space the floor. You, you, he's going to be a four that you can pull out and allow spacing for the floor and be a high basketball IQ guy. Um, pretty decent defender, nothing special on that end. But he's, he's just a high floor player in the draft. He's very safe, but dear God, not top 10. So um, that's my number fourth guy. <clears throat> Five. Uh, this is one of the more uh re- like just weird guys in the draft. All right, Chris, this guy is fourteen to twenty in draft pick. John Butler, freshman from Florida State. So you'd be thinking number fifth guy, Jason's ranking is probably going to be pretty okay. He's so weird. Seven foot one, power forward. That shoots 37% from the three-point line and is one of the smoothest people that I've ever seen move at seven foot one. Like it's ridiculous. Like he smooths. It's so hard to find a comp. It's ridiculous how smooth and quick and like fast he is. So special. And the interesting thing here is he has nothing else in his game, and he's so frail and thin that he has nothing else developed. That's where he's a boomer bus guy. Um, but he might go back to college. He might, he might stay in the draft, but you, you, he has three elite skill sets. He's seven foot one moves ridiculously smoothly and shoots the three. So, I mean, he's going to be able to guard four through two because that's how special he moves speed and quickness wise, which is ridiculous. And he's going to be a good weak side shot blocker. So he fits in the NBA game already. It's just there. I wish he would have more time to develop because this is one of those guys like we talked about earlier with Kendall Brown, where if he develops anything, shot creation on the three-point line or the ability to face you up in the mid-range to get buckets, this is a star, all-star. This is this is a guy that's got all the gifts to be amazing, one of the greatest players in the NBA. So it's there. It's just you got to be patient, 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 patient. John Butler. So he's like a Giannis project where Giannis came in real skinny and then he bulked up. Like this guy can bulk up and then he'll have everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, it's a guy with a lot of upside. Legitimately, Chris. Mm. Yeah. It kind of moves like Kevin Durant at seven foot one. That's it's 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 That's it's both special move. Yeah. It's like a center. Yes. 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 Mm. Yeah. Interesting guy. Weird, interesting, unique guy. Um, one guy I want to talk about real quickly. Uh, and uh, basically, a guy that's in a lot of people's lotteries that I don't completely agree with to a certain degree is Jeremy Sean from Baylor. He's my sixth-ranked point guard. Um, and what he does, he is really athletic, gifted athletically, six foot nine, uh, rebounds at a high level. Uh, and shoots like 28, 30, 31% for the three-point line, and the jump shot doesn't look amazing. Um, so you're probably thinking, why is Jason spending any time talking about him? He's the best defender of the draft class. It is what he does defensively is Draymond Green-ish. Mm. He's that special. He's in Scotty Barnes, Davion Mitchell's, Evan Mobley's class defensively that I've scouted. That's an elite class. That's all all NBA defensive player of all M- all defensive player team first and second team guys gifts. 
that's what he is. That's his upside. Um, so a team that screams out to me, Chris, Minnesota Timberwolves. All they need is somebody that can defend. He makes their defense top 20, day one. He guards one through five. It's it's a special guy. He doesn't. He, it's a little different than Draymond Curse. He's not as bulky, but he's more athletic. Mm-hmm. But he does the same kind of thing on the floor. Where he's six foot nine, guards one through five. Whoever the best defend, the best offensive player in the game was, he just guarded him. That's just how special he is. He's a he's it's just very rarefied air defensively. Um, so it's if like if you really need a guy like the Minnesota Timberwolves need a guy that can just guard, he's your guy. <clears throat> Timberwolves definitely need somebody who can guard. They haven't had a decent defender since uh, Jimmy Butler. That's a fact. <laughs> uh, no shade to Pat Bev, but he's just a pit bull. He's just annoying. <laughs> yeah. 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 Definitely check in to see if he makes all defensive team on our next podcast that we'll be uh, recording this weekend as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are you ready to move on to the center position? Yep. All right, number one center in the draft is Chet Holmgren. Um, he's anywhere from the second to fifth pick for me. I don't view him as a number one pick guy. Um, what he is is he's a good shot blocker at the rim. He moves really well for his size defensively. He can uh, has the potential to be a guy that can switch on people. Um, <clears throat> His body does scare me defensively. It's 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 the kind of guy that might take a long time to be able to keep physical players at bay. Um, and he's not an elite athlete, which scares me as well. But I think it'd be a good defender in the NBA. I just don't view him being one of the... the some people are calling him a generational defensive talent. I just don't see that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Evan Mobley was better than him defensively by a lot because of the athleticism. Um but what he is is a good three-point shooter, shoots the lights out, gifted shooting the basketball, good free-throw shooter, so he's going to be able to get in that pick-and-roll, make good shots. He's a good passer. Um, he has some post skill. You know, People loved him coming out of the draft because they fell in love with the shot creation. I've talked about it multiple times before. I'll talk about it again. I don't think it's elite enough. I don't think he's elite enough athlete to get by the six foot eight, six foot nine, six foot ten, seven foot guys that are in the league right now to get a shot off. But I do view him as a guy that's just going to be a good NBA player, but not a superstar, not mm-hmm. a star, not a perennial all star. Maybe one, two, three times, like anywhere from like Miles Turner ish. Miles Turner is a good three point shooter. Miles Turner is a good shot blocker. Miles Turner, a good rebounder. That kind of guy that's just a very good center in the NBA, but not a superstar. Mm-hmm. That's that's the kind of uh, level of center I view him as. But, you know, that's, that's what he is for me. Okay. So what team would be probably his best fit, you think? Oklahoma City Thunder. The Thunder. So they, could use, they could use a guy that can guard the rim you know, be another guy that can fit well with the guards that need spacing. They need three-point shooting as a team. You know, some people are talking about Houston Rockets, but I think you can't pass on Jabari Smith or Paolo Bancaro if you have one of those top four picks and they're there um, for the forward position. But I think the Thunder are the best fit for uh, Chet, in my personal opinion. Chet. He definitely needs to put some weight, though. And then, like, yes. He's really frail body. And what happened mm-hmm. in the tournament didn't really help his draft stock either. 
No. He's one of those guys where people, uh, whatever they want to see from him is what they call him as. So if people like they fell in love with his shot creation ability, they're going to say this is the one of the special shot creators. If people are like, I came into this season with Chet Holmgren number one as my prospect, I'm going to see everything he does well and just maximize it and like stare at it for 50,000 hours. Yeah. Um, we don't do that here at the basketball addicts podcast. So <laughs> I think one of the, <laughs> I think one of the good things that we have is we're detached from the college basketball scene and those high school rankings. I think that's one of the worst things about drafts is people be like, Oh, he was a five-star prospect. He has potential. Oh, he was a top five guy coming out of high school. Why, you know, let's, let's just take a shot on him. It's just one that we don't have that because we don't care about that. I don't, I don't know who the number five, five through one best high school prospects are in the senior class right now. Cause I don't need to know until it's draft season. Yeah. I think that's one of our benefits is because we don't come in with, okay, this is what they're going to be coming into college. Oh, like Chet Holmgren coming out of high school was supposed to be the next Kevin Durant. Didn't show any signs of that. And, you know, people are still holding on to what they saw in high school. Yeah. And uh, you have to also factor in he was playing against whack competition with a really great, amazing college basketball player, Drew Timmy. That's not going to be a great NBA guy. That other teams were more focused on guarding the Chet Holmgren. You know, you have to understand situation. What was his looks? What was his competition? Playing against the whack. I'm not seeing him play against SEC. I'm not seeing him play against ACC. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. it's a weird guy. Sure. Right. Yeah. All right. Next. My most favorite. Oh, man. How many times have we time to talk about Orlando Robinson? Oh, man. Anywhere from the fifth or seventh pick for me. There are two guys this year that are, I think are amazing. Caleb Love, Orlando Robinson's Robinson. People are way too low on. All right, let's talk about it. Sit in class, kids. All right. There was once a world <laughs> where there was a seven-foot center <laughs> from Fresno State Jr. that moved really smoothly, quickly, athletically. Not a great vertical athlete. No, 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 no. Not an amazing vertical athlete. But there's point in times where he's like flashes ridiculous dunks and fast break scenarios where I'm like, okay, he's a very good athlete. He's a good athlete. Just call him good. Okay. Seven foot. All right. Post skill? Yeah. Does he have post skill? Sure. Sure. Post skill. Sure. Love post skill. I love post skill. Seven footer. Got post skill. Oh, did he just... Did he just cross over somebody at the three-point line and pull up and hit the three? Oh, yes, he did. Oh, my gosh. Did he just face somebody out in the mid-range and hit a tough shot in their eye? Oh, my gosh, he did. Did he catch the ball off of the pick and roll and just break somebody and just drive past somebody and dunk at the rim? Oh, yes, he did. Does he flash some of the greatest skill set I've ever seen scoring-wise from the center position? In the past two years, oh yes, it is. Like this, it shoots thirty-four percent from the three-point line. Does he? Is he a threat at spacing the floor? Oh yes, he is. Does he shoot eighty percent from the three-throw line? Oh yes, he does. I mean, this is the guy. This is the underrated guy. This is the Mister Underrated. He, you have to really. It's it's the skill of Cat Embiid, that kind of guy. At just not as elite athletically as those two. 
but he's just so ridiculously skilled. And somebody that I have to I have to tell you guys, have you seen DeMontis Sabonis? How athletic is he? Does he dominate the NBA? Yes, no. he does. Have you seen Marcus All? Have you seen how unathletic our Marcus All was? Yeah. What was he? Highly skilled. Mm. There is plenty of evidence to show guys that are highly skilled making the NBA. And you know who he reminds me a lot of? Rashid Wallace. Mm. That is the best comparison I could find by far. Mm. Rashid Wallace was a great shooter, so tall and lanky, wasn't a great athlete, but was athletic enough, Mm -hmm. but had that mid-range skill where he face you up and pump fake you and get to the rim and finish he's very reminiscent of Rashid Wallace skill wise it took me a while but I got to him with a little bit more dribble and a little bit more handle I mean the flashes of doing some of the stuff he does at the center bridge is insane Um, this is a special guy this is a guy that is going to fit so well in the NBA today because he's going to have so much spacing and if you're like, oh, I don't need him to post, he's going to be able to do everything else. Yeah. It, it, I mean, one team that I think is, dear goodness, perfect fit. There's two players that fit perfectly in this team. One of them is the Spurs. I mean, dear God. This, the center position for the Spurs, they love centers. They love skilled centers. It is a match made in heaven, Chris. Um Dear goodness, Papa love, 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 love this guy. It, it is a guy that is highly skilled, that is so ridiculously underrated. But you know what's happening? It's happening slowly. I was like, remember when I made those videos? The 45th guy on big boards. He's already late in first round drafts. People are already realizing that they're wrong. You know what I mean? A draft media, you have to understand that draft media is connected into actual NBA front offices. And then NBA front offices look at your draft stocks and like, you have one of the most skilled centers I've seen in the past two years come out of the draft in the second round. You're wrong. You know where's going a lot in mock drafts? Milwaukee into the first round, which would make a lot of sense because they love centers that can shoot. Yeah. So, uh, so you know, it's he's slowly moving up to where he actually is. This is a special center. I love Orlando Robinson, and I'm going to be right. Ew, I was right about the shot about title last year. I was right about Cam Thomas last year. These, this, uh, I'm going to be right again. I already know. Like, I already know. I already know. I already, I already know. It's okay. You'll come to the dark side. It's okay. We're, we're going to be right. And you're going to be wrong. And it's okay. But just, you just, you're just it's going to take time. The basketball addicts are a legitimate podcast. We do things correctly here. So, uh, Orlando Robinson is my guy. Number two. Right again. <laughs> right again. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I'm gonna change I'm gonna our enjoy being right. I'm gonna change Go our ahead. slogan and our opening tagline was like <laughs> to "We were right again." <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> we were right again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So. All right. N- number three center is an interesting guy, Jalen Duran, six foot eleven uh, freshman from Memphis. Um really bulked up physically like this guy's rocked up strong um compared a lot to dwight howard physically which isn't a bad comparison um i view him as deandre jordan's clone this guy is gifted athletically vertically he's gonna be tearing down rims in the nba he's gonna be a pick and roll 
destroyer because it can be so strong on those picks that it's going to be hard for people to get around, and he's going to be a ridiculously scary role, man, uh, because of the lob threat. It's going to be insane, and he's going to be a, a volleyball court defensively guarding the rim. Um, he's really special defensively. He's almost positionalist. Um, there is some Bam Adebayo potential there, positionalist switching-wise. Um, and this this guy is just so gifted physically, but just so non-skilled. So it's just not a ton of skill, but so gifted in every area that of a center position. So Jalen Duran is an eight to 10, 12th pick from Memphis. It's number three center. And what team? You said Memphis. Yes. What NBA team? Does he fit on? Yeah. Sacramento Kings. Ooh, Davion Mitchell, uh, Swipe of the Fox. They they need a defensive guy that can just be that guy in the middle. Go be that guy. DeMontis Sabonis is your skilled guy. Mm. Okay. Jalen. Number four, another guy some people are really low on. I see him high high second round, uh, low first. I have him 16 to 20. Christian Coloco. Uh, Arizona junior seven foot one. Uh, this is another one of those guys that's just lob threat and defends well. Like he is really light on his feet, quick, vertical, agile. I think people really overrate vertical vertical gifts at the center position because now it's more about how well can you move laterally because we need you to switch, right? Because if you could switch, you're special. And so he moves very gifted laterally, quickness. Uh, he does. He's a good vertical athlete, and he's a good lob threat. He's not really highly skilled, but who he reminds me a ton of is Clint Capella. Clint Capella, except seven foot one. He's so quick, so fast, so athletic. It's just one of those guys that's just wired to be a really. So again, Christian Coloco is just one of those guys that reminds me a ton of Clint Capella. Seven foot one, you know, vertical quickness. He is going to be switchable. He's going to move very well. You have to, again, have to be able to see past. Yeah, he's a decent college player, but his gifts and his abilities fit so well in the NBA. And that's just one of those guys. And uh, the fifth guy is Mark Williams from Duke. Uh, seven foot one. Another Duke. This guy. Yes, sir. Duke has just got all the gifts this year. There was so much talent on that team. Um, he's not like overly skilled, but he does have some post moves, some post touch that leaves something to be there in the future. He's very strong and well-built human gr- human being. Um, he's kind of built like Steven Adams. You can imagine seven foot one Steven Adams is kind of way he's kind of built. He just like looks physically gifted, uh, strength wise. Um, he, he shoots pretty well from the three throw line. It's like 70 ish percent. Uh, and he's going to be able to be a good lob threat in the NBA. And he's a really good defender. Um, uh, he doesn't have great lateral quickness like Christian Coloco where it's special, but it's pretty solid. It's solid enough to be in the NBA team as a center. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a really good shot blocker at the rim. He's he he has also some defensive little nuances in his game that I like. Where uh, Draymond Green is really unique. Where he when he's guarding somebody and they're driving to the basket, he'll jump backwards 
instead of jumping straight or jumping forward, it's kind of like jump with them. So it's hard to draw fouls and it's easier to kind of like block. It's a really weird nuance that he has in his game. So that makes me think that he's watching film. He's coachable in the defensive end of the floor. Um, and he's just powerful. He is so powerful. Teams are going to love him as a screener uh, and doing the little things like Steven Adams, maybe just a little more elevated Steven Adams. And this is this is indicative of how good the center class is. There's like six guys after this that could be shot blockers in the NBA and be rotational or starting centers. And it's just a weird, they're all at varying levels of development and that's why they're at where they're at. But it's just a really deep class in that, um, specific niche in the NBA. So um, that's what the center position is this year. Hmm. And this is the fifth guy. Okay. So <clears throat> going off that, you know, since we've finished all five positions now, what are top your five, it, so top five, top five, top five, top five. Um, yes. What are your overall thoughts? Not on the entire draft class, but just on the top five from each position. What are your overall thoughts on just, on what these players are, what they bring to the table, strengths, weaknesses, all that. What are your overall thoughts? I think this is a draft where a lot more people with higher floors. This is the high floor draft where there's just a lot of guys that are really have some elite skill but might not have anything else in their game. There's some guys that can defend. There's some guys that can shoot. There's some guys, and and I would say the position by his position, I would say point guard has um, most of the point guard position is not elite shot creators other than the top two. Um, I would say the two guard position is really weak of top tier talent, unless you view Jaden Jaden Ivy as a two guard, um, but is extremely deep in three point shooting. Uh, not many great defenders. And I would say the small forward position is one of as a historically bad small forward position this year, um, other than Tari Eason. And the power forward position is a special one. It is you're gonna look back on this draft cast and be like, wow, the power forward position had like five guys and played in the NBA for eight years. And it's a special, special power forward position. The center position is very athletic is very gifted shot blockers all around. There's so many of them. That's going to be every single position, in my opinion. Hmm. Okay. All righty. Well, it's just the first of many draft podcasts to come. Um, I hope you yes. all learned something. I know I did. I know I'm enlightened on so many <laughs> other players. That I have to, you know, <laughs> listen, even some of the things, like I knew nothing of what Jason was going to uh-huh. say. I've only known basically just, he's like, hey, what do you think about this guy? And I'm like, oh my God, he's amazing. He's like, what do you think about this guy? I'm like, oh my God, he's amazing. I'm like, oh, what, what am I getting myself into? Now I yeah. know, now we all know. Just remember that if anybody asks you, you heard it here first. <laughs> We're right again. So <laughs> that's all the time we have for today. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. And we'll see you again next week.